0: Dr. Marianne McCall writes, There are really just ten stories that people tell over and over. But why? And what's getting communicated? They come often from a time when important decisions are made that shape the rest of the life and where one's values are set. As Kierkegaard wrote, life can only be understood backwards, though I must live it forwards. And as Erickson wrote, the final stage of life is reconciling the whole of one's life, achievements and disappointments. And as I write, on Yom Kippur, we are dressed in the garments of burial. We have a chance to look ahead in order to look back so that we, on this day, may reconcile the whole of one's life, our achievements and disappointments, and invite God to express God's self through us. Dr. McCall writes, The resolution of the personal myth, the overarching story, we tell about who we are and what we stand for and what's important to us. Stories are not just sitting there waiting to be recalled. Calling up our stories is an active process. Our stories are constructed like the stories of the Torah. We are more like musicians, she writes, than like librarians. We fill in the details over time. We paint over inconsistencies. We create the melody. The details are not the important part. What's important is the meaning embedded in the stories, the lessons learned, the value confirmed. And Heschel writes, The meaning of awe is to realize that life takes place under wide horizons, horizons that range beyond the span of an individual life or even the life of a nation, a generation, or an era, Awe enables us to perceive in the world intimations of the divine, to sense in small things the beginnings of infinite significance, to sense the ultimate in the common and the simple, to feel in the rush of the passing, the stillness of the eternal. How can you bring those intimations out in your stories? Which story of yours communicates duty? I now get to spend a lot of time with the director of the religious school. She said, Nadav, she's allowed to call me Nadav. She said, Sweetie, what is your definition of mitzvah? And I said, It's duty. Where does duty come forward from one of your stories? That's something greater than yourself. Another intimation of what is greater is community. Another intimation of what is greater, this awe that Heschel is talking about, is tikkun olam, contribution to God's story, not God's role in your story. Where do you find in your stories belonging? The tribe I inherited, the family that happened to me either by inheritance or by my choice. How lucky I was to belong with them. Our intimations should be made explicit. There is a process that is happening within us. It is our spiritual lives. it is the process of Agada. And it is not biography any more than the Torah is history. As we sing "Avinu Makenu," it says it's all about the books that God is inscribing. Isn't it interesting? I guess we think of revelation as God talks and Moses wrote it down. In Avinu Malkeinu, we're doing the talking. And God's writing it down in a book. God's inscribing. How can we bring out in our cry the authenticity of feeling connected to that which is greater than ourselves? To tell God that my story, thank God, is part of your story. And not the other way around. And when we get to Unatana Tokov, how do we change our fate? By retelling and reconstructing our story? Well, narrative therapy, among other techniques, tells us a lot. It tells us that the story we keep telling, can we change it a little bit from that story about our trauma? Our trauma is real, but can we construct the story? It's also about resilience. Can it be a story not just of being a victim, but of being a survivor? Part of what I think is really successful with reconstructing your stories is humor. I remember in therapy many years ago I was telling my therapist about a narcissist I had been involved with. Then I just couldn't please them. And the therapist started to laugh. And they said, That's the funniest thing I heard all day. And I'm like, It's not funny at all. It's my tragedy. You're in a relationship with a narcissist. And somehow you couldn't figure out why you just couldn't keep pleasing them. That's hilarious. Sometimes you need to just look at our lives and laugh at the show. I know one person whose stories are very much about what it was like to be a woman in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And what they do now in their 90s is they formed a group largely of folks of the same era. And now they read books and they politically advocate for people all along the gender spectrum because they realized what the value was in the stories they kept telling over and over again. And now they knew how to take those values forward in the world. Halacha is the deed. Agada is the individual experience of the collective life of deeds. Thus a mitzvah, Heschel writes, is both a discipline and an inspiration, an act of obedience and an experience of joy, a yoke, and a prerogative. Our task is to learn how to maintain a harmony between the demands of halakha and the spirit of agadah. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you are being interviewed right now, you've got a few stories to tell me your life, what do you got to tell me? Think of one of your stories. I want you to observe the hidden hand of the transcendent in it and acknowledge it. If there is a moral in it, say it. If it connected you to something greater than yourself, name it. If it's very serious, bring out the humor a bit more. It's okay to go for a laugh. I did at the beginning of the sermon, and it's very hard for me. If there's a part of it that says, I did these things, rephrase it as the best things in life happened to me. If you are the protagonist of the story, can you retell the story where you're a character in a story rather than the center of it? This is what we're here to do. As the books are open above our heads, as the gates are open, as we've gone from listening to God to God listening to us, our stories contain God when we are willing to rise to that level and only when we rise to that higher state can we truly teach ourselves and our children that the reward for doing the mitzvot is not some reward or punishment from God. It's the opportunity to experience the world differently. And that is what Unatana Tokev is trying to teach us. What is the life of experiencing the world differently? A perspective that comes from seeing it from its end backward, that takes the threat of death to one's ego out of the equation. When we do this, the harshness of our mortality is lessened. We have our moment before the Holy One in life. It's all, if it's all about me, then it cannot be but harsh that it comes to an end. But if it's looking back from our future self, If it's about participating in the larger story, it's excruciatingly precious. I often say that the fundamentalist mistake in reading the Torah is to think that God is dictating and Moses is stenographer. Our liturgy is telling us today, God is the one writing in the books. And maybe we're the ones dictating our stories. Think about a couple of your stories. Retell them. Make the intimations explicit. Shana